Chapter 7 of South Sea Idols by Charles Warren Stoddard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7 The Night Dancers of Waipio. The afternoon sun was tinting the snowy crest of Mauna Kea, and folds of shadow were draping the sea washed eastern cliffs of Hawaii, as Felix and I endeavored to persuade our fagged steeds that they must go and live, or stay and die, in the middle of a lava trail by no means inviting. As we rode, we thought of the scandal that had so recently regaled our two willing ears. Here it is, in a mild solution, to be taken with three parts of disbelief. Two venerable and warm-hearted missionaries, whose good works seem to have found dissimilar expression, equally effective, I trust, proved their specialties to be church-building. Reverend Mr. A. seemed to think the more the merrier, and his pretty little meeting-houses looked as though they had been baked in the lot, like a sheet of biscuits while Reverend Mr. B. condensed his efforts into the consummation of one resplendent edifice. Mr. A. was always wondering why Mr. B. should waste his money in a single church, while Mr. B. was nonplussed at seeing Mr. A. break out in a rash of diminutive chapels. Well, Felix and I were riding northward up the coast, over dozens and dozens of lovely ridges, through scores of deep gullies, cushioned with ferns as high as our pommels, and fording numerous streams, white with froth and hurry, eagerly seeking the most exquisite valley in the Pacific, as some will call it. We rode till we were tired out twenty times over. Again and again we looked forward to the bit of Mardi life we were about to experience in the vale of the Waipio, while now and then we passed one of Mr. A.'s pretty little churches. Once we were impatient enough to make inquiry of a native who was watching our progress with considerable emotion. There's always someone to watch you when you are wishing yourself at the North Pole. Our single spectator affected an air of gravity, and he seemed quite interested as he said, Go six or seven churches farther on that trail, and you'll come to Waipio. On we went with renewed spirits, for the churches were frequent, almost within sight of each other. But we faltered presently, and lost our reckoning, they were so much alike. Again we asked our way of a solitary watcher on a hilltop, who had had his eye upon us ever since we rose above the rim of the third ridge back. He revealed to us the glad fact that we were only two churches from paradise. How we tore over the rest of that straight and narrow way, with the little life left to us, and came in finally all of a foam, fairly jumping the last mite of a chapel that hung upon the brink of the beautiful valley like a swallow's nest, and down we dropped into fifty fathoms of the sweetest twilight imaginable, so sweet it seemed to have been born of a wilderness of the night-blooming Sirius and fed forever on jasmine buds. There were shelter and refreshment for two hungry souls, and we slid out of our saddles as though we had been boned expressly for a cannibal feast. By this time the rosy flush on Mauna Kea had faded, and its superb brow was pale with an unearthly pallor. Come in, said the host, and he led us under the thatched gable that was fragrant as new-mown hay. There we sat in, as he called it, though there was never a side to the concern thicker than a shadow. A stream flowed noiselessly at our feet. 
Canoes drifted by us with dusky and nude forms bowed over the paddles. Each occupant greeted us, being guests in the valley, just lifting their slumberous eyelids, masked batteries that made Felix forget his danger. They seldom paused, but called back to us from the gathering darkness with inexpressibly tender contralto voices. Thereupon we were summoned to dinner in another apartment, screened with vines. The faint flicker of the tapers suggested that what breath of air might be stirring came from the mountain, and it brought with it a message from the orangery up the valley. "'How will you take your oranges?' queried Felix, in pulp, liquid, or perfume. And such a dense odor swept past us at the moment, I thought I had taken them in the triple forms. "'You are just in time,' said our host. "'Why, what's up?' asked I. "'The moon will be up presently, and after moonrise you shall see to hula hula.' Felix desired to be enlightened as to the nature of the what-you-call-it, and was assured that it was worth seeing, and would require no explanatory chorus when its hour came. It was at least a mile to the scene of action. A tortuous stream wound thither, navigable in spots, but from time to time the canoe would have to take to the banks for a short cut into deeper water. I can never get there, growled Felix. I'm full of needles and pins. To which the host responded by excusing himself for a few moments, leaving Felix and me alone. It was deathly still in the valley, though a thousand crickets sang, and the fish smacked their round mouths at the top of the water. Evening comes slowly in those beloved tropics, but it comes so satisfactorily that there is nothing left out. A moonlit night is a continuous festival. The natives sing and dance till daybreak, making it all up by sleeping till the next twilight. Nothing is lost by this ingenious and admirable arrangement. Why should they sleep when a night there has the very essence of five nights anywhere else, extracted and enriched with spices, till it is so inspiring that the soul cries out in triumph, and the eyes couldn't sleep if they would? At this period enter to us the host with several young native girls, who seat themselves at our feet, clasping each a bootleg, encasing the extremities of Felix and myself. Felix kicked violently and left the room with some embarrassment, and I appealed to the hospitable gentleman of the house, who was smiling somewhat audibly at our perplexity. He assured me that if I would throw myself upon the mats in the corner, two of these maids would speedily relieve me of any bodily pain I might at that moment be suffering with. I did so. The two proceeded as set down in the verbal prospective, and whatever bodily pain I may have possessed at the beginning of the process speedily dwindled into insignificance by comparison with the tortures of my novel cure. Every limb had to be unjointed and set over again. Places were made for new joints, and I think the new joints were temporarily set in, for my arms and legs went into angles I had never before seen them in, nor have I since been able to assume those startling attitudes. The stomach was then kneaded like dough. The ribs were crushed down against the spine, and then forced out by well-directed blows at the back. 
the spinal column was undoubtedly abstracted and some mechanical substitute now does its best to help me through the world the arms were tied in bow knots behind and the skull cracked like the shell of a hard-boiled egg worked into shape again and left to heal by this time i was unconscious and for an hour my sleep promised to be eternal i must have lain flat on the matting without a curve in me when nature taking pity gradually let me rise and assume my own proportions as though a little leaven had been mixed in my making over the awakening was like coming from a bath of the elements i breathed to the tips of my toes perfumes penetrated me till i was saturated with them i felt a thousand years younger and as i looked back upon the old life i seemed to have risen from i thought of it much as a butterfly must think of his grubhood and was in the act of expanding my wings when i saw felix just recovering a few feet from me apparently as ecstatic as myself i never dared to ask him how he was reduced to submission for i little imagined he could so far forget himself there are some sudden and inexplicable revolutions in the affairs of humanity that should not be looked into too closely because a chaotic chasm yawns between the old man and the new which no one has ever yet explored felix sprang to his feet like prometheus unbound and embraced me with fervour as one might after a hairbreadth escape exclaiming did you ever see anything like it old boy to which the old boy thus familiarly addressed o b is a pet monogram of mine designed and frequently executed by felix responded there wasn't much to see but my feelings were past expression what's its name asked felix i think they call it lomi lomi said i pass lomi lomi shouted felix and then we both roared again which summoned the host who congratulated us and invited us to his canoe Felix again endeavored to fathom the mysteries of the hula-hula. Was it something to eat? Did they keep it tied in the daytime? What was its color, etc., till the amused gentleman who was conducting us to an exhibition of the great unknown nearly capsized our absurdly narrow canoe in the very deepest part of the creek? Bands of fishermen and women passed us, wading breast-high in the water, beating it into a foam before them, and singing at the top of their voices as they drove the fish downstream into a broad net a few rods below. Grasshouses, half-buried in foliage, lined the mossy banks, while the dusky groups of women and children, clustering about the smouldering flames that betokened the preparation of the evening meal, added not a little to the poetry of twilight in the tropics. Felix thought he would like to turn Kanaka on the spot, so we beached the canoe and approached the fire, built on a hollow stone under a tamarind tree, and were at once offered the cleanest mat to sit on and a calabash apoi for our refreshment how to eat paste without a spoon was the next question the whole family volunteered to show us drew up around the calabash in a hungry circle and dipped in with a vengeance six right hands spread their first and second fingers like signboards pointing to a focus in the very centre of that poi paste six fists dove simultaneously and were buried in the luscious mass 
There was a spasmodic working in the elbows, an effort to come to the top, and in a moment the hands were lifted aloft in triumph, and seemed to be tracing half a dozen capital O's in the transparent air, during which manoeuvre the mass of poi adhering to the fingers assumed fair proportions, resembling to a remarkable degree large white swellings whereupon they were immediately conveyed to the several mouths instinctively getting into the right one and having discharged freight reappeared as good as ever if not better than before disgusting gasped felix as he returned to the waterside i thought him unreasonable in his harsh judgment assuring him that our own flour was fingered as often before it came at last to our lips in the form of bread moreover i added this poi is glutinous the moment a finger enters it a thin coating adheres to the skin and that finger may wander about the calabash all day without touching another particle of the substance therefore six or sixteen fellows fingering in one dish for dinner are in reality safer than we who eat steaks that have been mesmerized under the hands of the butcher and the cook felix scorned to reply but breathed a faint prayer for a safe return to chicago as we slid into the middle of the stream and resumed our course the boughs of densely leaved trees reached out to one another across the water we proceeded with more caution as the channel grew narrow and pressing through a submerged thicket of reeds we routed a flock of waterfowls that wheeled overhead on heavy wings filling the valley with their clamour two or three dogs barked sleepily off somewhere in the darkness and the voice of some one calling floated to us clear as a bird's note though we knew it must be far away we strode through a cane field its smoky plumes just tipped with moonlight and saw the pinnacle of mauna kea as spacious and splendid as the fairy pavilion that norin bought to paribanu illuminated as for a festival to the left a stream fell from the cliff a ribbon of gauze fluttering noiselessly in the wind oh look said felix who had yielded again to the influences of nature looking i saw the moon resting upon the water for a moment while the dew seemed actually to drip from her burnished disk again felix exclaimed or was on the point of exclaiming when he checked himself in awe i ran to him and was silent with him while we two stood worshipping one stately palm that rested its glorious head upon the glowing bosom of the moon like the virgin in the radiant aureola well said our host suppose we get along we got along by land and water into a village in an orange grove there was a subdued murmur of many voices i think the whole community would have burst out into a song of some sort at the slightest provocation on we paced in indian file through narrow lanes under the shining leaves pale blossoms rained down upon us and the air was oppressively sweet groups of natives sat in the lanes smoking and laughing lovers made love in the face of heaven utterly unconscious of any human presence felix grew nervous and proposed withdrawing but whither o felix in all these islands wouldst thou hope to find love unrequited or lovers shamefaced withal much chicago hath made thee mad through a wicket we passed where a sentinel kept ward 
within the bamboo paling a swarm of natives gathered about us first questioning the nature of our visit which having proved entirely satisfactory we were welcomed in real earnest and offered a mat in an inner room of a large house rather superior to the average and a disagreeable liquor brood of oranges very intoxicating when not diluted and therefore popular we were evidently the lions of the hour for we sat in the centre of the first row of spectators who were gathered to witness the hula hula we reclined as gracefully as possible upon our mats supported by plump pillows stuffed with dried ferns slender rushes strung with quiqui nuts about the size of chestnuts and very oily were planted before us like footlights which being lighted at the top burned slowly downward till the whole were consumed giving a good flame for several hours the great mat upon the floor before us was the stage on one side of it a half-dozen muscular fellows were squatted with large calabashes headed with tightly drawn goatskins these were the drummers and singers who would beat nimbly with their fingers and sing the epics of their country to the unceasing joy of all listeners it's an opera shouted felix in a frenzy of delight at his discovery a dozen performers entered sitting in two lines face to face six women and six men each bore a long joint of bamboo slit at one end like a broom then began a singularly intricate exercise called piulu taking a bamboo in one hand they struck it in the palm of the other on the shoulder on the floor in front to left and right thrust it out before them and were parried by the partners opposite crossed it over and back and turned in a thousand ways to a thousand meters varied with chants and pauses then it's a pantomime added felix getting interested in the unusual skill displayed for half an hour or more the thrashing of the bamboos was prolonged while we were hopelessly confused in our endeavours to follow the barbarous harmony which was never broken nor disturbed by the expert and tireless performers during the first rest liquor was served in gourds part of the company withdrew to smoke and the conversation became general and noisy felix was enthusiastic and drank the health of some of the younger members of the troop who had offered him the gourd a rival company then repeated the piulu with some additions the gourds were again filled and emptied now for the hula hula said the host who had imbibed with felix though he reserved his enthusiasm for something less childish than piulu it is the national dance taught to all children by their parents but so difficult to excel in that the few who perfect themselves can afford to travel on this one specialty there was a murmur of impatience speedily checked and followed by a burst of applause as a band of beautiful girls covered with wreaths of flowers and vines entered and seated themselves before us while the musicians beat an introductory overture upon the tom-toms the dancers proceeded to bind shawls and scarves about their waist turban fashion they sat in a line facing us a foot or two apart the loose sleeves of their dresses were caught up at the shoulder exposing arms of almost perfect symmetry while their bare throats were scarcely hidden by the necklaces of jasmines that coiled about them then the leader of the band who sat grey-headed and wrinkled at one end of the room throwing back his head 
uttered a long wild and shrill guttural a sort of invocation to the goddess of the hula hula there had no doubt been some sort of sacrifice offered in the early part of the evening such as a pig or a fowl for the dance has a religious significance and is attended by its appropriate ceremonies when this clarion cry had ended the dance began all joining in with wonderfully accurate rhythm the body swaying slowly backward and forward to left and right the arms tossing or rather waving in the air above the head now beckoning some spirit of light so tender and seductive were the emotions of the dancers so graceful and free the movements of the wrists now in violence and fear they seemed to repulse a host of devils that hovered invisibly about them the spectators watched and listened breathlessly fascinated by the terrible wildness of the song and the monotonous thrumming of the accompaniment presently the excitement increased swifter and more wildly the bare arms beat the air embracing as it were the airy forms that haunted the dancers who rose to their knees and with astonishing agility caused the clumsy turbans about their loins to quiver with an undulatory motion increasing or decreasing with the sentiment of the song and the enthusiasm of the spectators felix wanted to know how long they could keep that up and live till daybreak as we found there was a little resting spell a very little resting spell now and then for the gourd's sake or three whiffs at a pipe that would poison a white man in ten minutes and before we half expected it or had a thought of urging the unflagging dancers to renew their marvellous gyrations they were at it in terrible earnest from the floor to their knees from their knees to their feet now facing us now turning from us they spun and ambled till the ear was deafened with cheers and boisterous half-drunken wholly passionate laughter the room whirled with the reeling dancers who seemed encircled with living serpents in the act of swallowing big lumps of something from their throats clear to the tips of their tails and the convulsions continued till the hysterical dancers staggered and fell to the floor overcome by unutterable fatigue the sympathetic felix fell with them his head sinking under one of the rush candles that must have burned into his brain had he been suffered to immolate himself at that inappropriate and unholy time and place this was the seductive dance still practised in secret though the law forbids it and to the hawaiian it is more beautiful because more sensuous than anything else in the world i proposed departing at this stage of the festival but felix said it was not practicable he felt unwell and suggested the efficacy of another attack of lomi lomi a slight variation in the order of the dances followed a young lover seated in the centre of the room beat a tattoo upon his calabash and sang a song of love in a moment he was answered out of the darkness rose the sweet shrill voice of the loved one nearer and nearer it approached the voice rang clear and high melodiously swelling upon the air it must have been heard far off in the valley it was so plaintive and penetrating secreted at first behind shawls hung in the corner of the room some dramatic effect was produced by her entrance at the right moment she enacted her part with graceful energy to the regular and melancholy thrumming of the calabash she sang her song of love 
yielding to her emotion she did not hesitate to betray all neither was he of the calabash slow to respond and scorning the charms of goatskin and gourd he sprang toward her in the madness of his soul while she having reached the climax of desperation was hurried from the scene of her conquest amid whirlwinds of applause it's a dance that's what it is muttered felix as the audience began slowly to disperse leading him back to the canoe we had the whole night's orgy reported to us in a very mixed and reiterative manner as well as several attempts at illustrating the peculiarities of the performance which came near resulting in a watery grave for three or an upset canoe at any rate our host to excuse any impropriety for which he felt more or less responsible said it was so natural for them to be jolly under all circumstances that when they have concluded to die they make their ppcs with infinite grace and then die on time of course they are jolly and to prove it i told felix how the lepers who had been banished to one little corner of the kingdom and forbidden to leave there in the flesh were as merry as the merriest and once upon a time those decaying remnants of humanity actually gave a grand ball in their hospital there was a general clearing out of disabled patients and a brushing up of old finery while the ball itself was the topic of conversation two or three young fellows who had a few fingers left they unjoint and drop off as the disease progresses began to pick up a tune or two on bamboo flutes old young and middle-aged took a sly turn in some dark corner getting their stiffened joints limber again night came at last the lamps flamed in the death chamber of the lazar house many a rejoicing soul had fled from that foul spot to flash its white wings in the eternal sunshine at an early hour the strange company assembled the wheezing of voices no longer musical the shuffling of half-paralyzed limbs over the bare floor the melancholy droning of those bamboo flutes and the wild sea moaning in the wild night were the sweetest sounds that greeted them and while the flutes piped dolorously to this unlovely spectacle there was a rushing to and fro of unlovely figures a bleeding half-blind leper seizing another of the accursed beings snatching her as it were from the grave in all her loathsome clay dragged her into the bewildering maelstrom of the waltz naturally excitable heated with exertion drunk with the very odours of death that pervaded the halls of revel that mad crowd reeled through the hours of the fete satiated at last in the very bitterness of their unnatural gaiety they called for the hula hula as a fitting close in that reeking atmosphere heavy with the smoke of half-extinguished lamps they fed on the voluptuous abandon of the dancers till passion itself fainted with exhaustion that was a dance of death was it not felix felix lay on his mat sleeping heavily and evidently unmindful of a single word i had uttered our time was up at daybreak and with an endless deal of persuasion felix followed me out of the valley to the little chapel on the cliff our horses took a breath there and so did we birds eyeing the scene of the last night's orgy who says it isn't a delicious spot that deep narrow and secluded vale walled by almost perpendicular cliffs 
hung with green tapestries of ferns and vines that slender stream like a thread of silver embroidering a carpet of nature's richest pattern that torrent leaping from the cliff into a garden of citrons the sea sobbing at its mouth while wary mariners coasting in summer afternoons catch glimpses of the tranquil and forbidden paradise yet are heedless of all its beauty and wreck not the rustling of the cane-fields nor the voices of the charmers because because these things are so common in that latitude that one grows naturally indifferent as for felix who talks in his sleep of the hula hula and insists that only by the lomi lomi he shall be saved he points a moral though at present he is scarcely in a condition to adorn any tale whatever and said moral i shall be glad to furnish on application to any sympathetic soul who has witnessed by proxy the unlawful revels of those night dancers of waipio chapter seven